I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am blanket burritoed here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from Scenic Hamilton, she's a big lump with knobs, and she's got the juice. It's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Everybody, I hope you have a corntastic day. Oh, uh, yeah, right in the bleeding edge of internet culture. Kate just found out about Corn Kid. I kind of knew about Corn Kid, but I, when Jordan said Corn Kid, I was like, I, I do not know what that is. But now <laughs> I do, and I am a better person for it. Listen, he's doing Chipotle ads online. Get the bag, Tariq. Friends, this is episode yes. 291 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 290 episodes, take yourself wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe. I told you before, I haven't calculated the number of characters. The show's dope. That's all we need. I just want to see it. the show's dope all the way down. What about just great and like a thumbs up emoji? <laughs> Me likey. <laughs> great. We Good would, job. We would Excellent. Just love, yeah. <laughs> thumbs up emoji. You know what? The chef's kiss emoji. That's what I want. Give, yeah. me, give me that chef's kiss emoji. That will suffice for a review on any of the places you can find this program when you do any of those things it's literally the only thing we'd ask for of you because you don't have to do anything else after that point because episodes whenever we drop them they're going to be sprinkled directly onto your device from someone who's been down with us from day one and that's your man's sir chauncey frostilicus the third geek down internet elf oh my god girl he's just riding along the cotton candy skies on the back of a rainbow main alicorn named philip and all he wants to do is bring those episodes to your device so you don't ever have to worry about anything else. It, you know, it's not even a sprinkle. Mm. It's like, it's just like a light tossing. There's got to be a word for it. <laughs> a light tossing of episodes to the people below, you know? It's gentle. It's nice. It's warmth. <laughs> Welcome. Why aren't the Gregory brothers making a song out of that? Friends, if you would like to... If you, if you know the word Caitlin is thinking of, let us know on Twitter.com slash GeekDownPod. That is where the show lives on the social meds. If you would like to support this endeavor financially so me and Kate can get the bag. Very tiny bag filled with... Or, or, or we can reinvest it into advertising so then we could do Chipotle ads. I'd love to do a Chipotle ad. I would do a Chipotle ad for Chipotle. Like, I'm not very picky. <laughs> Listen, I'm having a time right now because I just found out a dude I work with, his brother is like the podcast king of Toronto, apparently, and he like just started. So, well, okay, but I get it. But I also, as I said to him, I mean, he's got a handicap, which is me because I'm a woman. Why did I ever? And people don't like women. <laughs> Why did I ever bring a woman into a nerdy podcast? I know. They just see your name on the title card and they're like, nope, pass. Absolutely not. Immediately no. Immediately no. For all friends, if you're not a piece of trash and you want to thank us for all the joy we bring to your life, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod, three bucks in the old tip jar. We always appreciate that. Uh, friends, we're going to try 
to keep things jovial on the front half of the show, because I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people out there who maybe don't want to hang for the back half of the show. <laughs> they they might. They might. They might they might be curious about our opinions. Maybe. Our thoughts. I just feel I just feel that our the takes. I just feel that the, the predecessor of the thing we're talking about this week burned so many bridges that they might just see they might just see that and be and bounce right out of here. Um but there are some things in the world we're talking about. Wrestling is insane right now. I don't want to talk about this too much because y'all got wrestled out uh the last month. And, and 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 Jordan promised he's like, after this, I'm listen, sure there'll be nothing to talk about. Li- yeah, that was before CM Punk turned up at a press conference following uh AEW's All Elite Wrestling's uh one of their banner pay-per-views, All Out. He became the two-time AEW world champion and just lit into everybody. <laughs> People use the meme from Half-Baked of the guy quitting the fast food job where he's just like, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, that's basically just like CM Punk just dropping strays on everybody. Oh, because he he had a falling out with his former best friend from, uh, from years ago, a wrestler named Colt Cabana. Cole Cabana was employed at AEW before Punk got brought in mm-hmm. and Punk got brought in and suddenly Cole Cabana wasn't on television anymore. And suddenly Cole Cabana is now, uh, employed by ring of honor, which is another company that Tony Khan bought. And that has annoyed some people at AEW because, uh, Cole Cabana was pretty well beloved by most people. Um, this is all conjecture. This is all circumstantial. This is all just people looking at facts and going, hmm, nothing's ever been confirmed. But apparently uh, the the rumor and innuendo, if you will, has been has been getting Mr. Punk's goat a little bit. Been grinding his gears. Okay, but people love stories. I mean, it's wrestling, right? It's, it's, it's soap, opera, soap operas for dudes, and it's literally just other people's drama. And who, who doesn't want to get into that? And the fact that the previous drama was about this wrestler MJF who like he wanted more money because he was mad that again CM Punk his name comes up a lot in these stories um CM Punk came in and he got all this money and MJF was like I've been here since day one and I'm one of your best characters and you're not paying me enough and I'm bouncing he's been gone for three months he came back last night it's literally like the fourth lead the fourth headline on everything that happened last night there was an altercation allegedly between CM Punk and the Young Bucks after this uh press conference that he did Tony Khan the owner and boss always looks like a scared 14-year-old whenever he's in one of these press conferences. Uh, Tony Khan reaction GIF compilations are officially my new favorite form of cinema. Like, Ooh. It's, <laughs> this poor guy. Reddit has been on fire. It's just been, it's been, it's been a wild. day. It's been a it's day been, here. It's been a wild day full of wild happenstances, and we love it. We do. We do love it. I'm just like, I'm literally... I'm Bill Hader and that popcorn gif from SNL. That's me. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> leaning back with the popcorn. Like, oh, yes. But I wasn't bombed. I was stoked. Not, so not only has that been happening, we also have a bit of fanboy fuckery. Because there's another. <laughs> More? There, there's not just one high fantasy show out there we're talking about. We're not going to uh, talk about this one. Because yes. we haven't seen it. But apparently, not seeing a thing has little to do with whether or not you talk about it in some circles. Who's ready for a fanboy fuckery break? They do not. <laughs> Fuckboys do not get a theme they, they don't get a theme song, wait, they, Caitlin. They don't get the Price is Right theme song? <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Nope, we'll get sued. Stop singing it. 
So, Caitlin, uh, when discussing She-Hulk a few weeks ago, um, if you were unfamiliar with the term, brought up the term review bombing. And that is just where people go on Rotten Tomatoes or wherever you can review a thing and just one star, one to zero star it to just, it's all data, right? Everything's data now. It's just volume. So, more, a greater number of low ratings from bots and anonymous people versus 15 positive rankings by like actual critics or people who engaged with the show. It's all a volume game, right? And they know this and they've been working this. We see this all the time. It happened with She-Hulk. It happened with, uh, Captain Marvel. It happened with the Kristen Wiig Ghostbusters. Like you may know her, you may notice a pattern here. Yeah. This is what I was saying with the podcasts. Everyone thinks I'm being ridiculous. But this has been happening now with, surprise, surprise, the uh, Lord of the Rings Rings of Power show on Amazon. This is an article from The Hollywood Reporter on September 2nd, uh, pointing out that the series, while sporting in, I believe, 83% uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, has a 37% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. We will also recall that when the trailers first dropped, we talked about this back when, that the YouTube comment threads were literally nothing but that line from Tolkien about how evil cannot create and only destroys repeated in literally every language yeah, for just thousands and thousands of comments. Cause I'm not trying to generalize that, uh, Tolkien fans probably have the time for this sort of thing, but <laughs> I'm thinking they might have the time for this sort of thing. Um, listen, he, the guy who comes up on this show more than anybody, even Neil Gaiman was yelling at people <laughs> on Twitter this week, parsing out the actual lines about, oh God, don't come for me. The, 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 they're not hobbits. They're, so, they're not hobbits. They're something else. Oh, they're, um, okay. So hobbits are, they're halflings, but they call them halfits, half, halfits, ha- I think it, it, well, it's, it's a short form of half, but so someone calls Stephen Colbert, but they're not hobbits. They're something else. And they're described as being browner of skin and watching, Neil Gaiman engage with uh, idiots on Twitter who are trying to you like can say racists as well. <laughs> they they are trying to like do the mental gymnastics to be like, well, they're browner of skin because they're tanned because they work in the fields and <laughs> they get exposed to the sun more. And Gaiman just being like, Tolkien never said any of that. He literally said um, browner of skin. And I think you mentioned you said something about this at the beginning. I I've seen the two episodes. Oh, you have. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be some good context because uh, your man's only had time for one sword clashing show this week that runs for solid hours. But all that is to say, all this review bombing that's been happening with the Amazon show has uh, actually resulted in some uh, counter offensive from Amazon because we don't know how the Rings of Power is doing on Amazon's own user review ecosystem. Because the company has taken the unusual step of suspending user ratings for the show. An Amazon source says reviews are being held 72 hours to help weed out trolls and ensure each review is legitimate. God, strength to the intern who's got that job. Her name is Sheila, and she's pissed. Sheila, she's always got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, and she has big glasses, and she's going to fuck with you if you try and fuck with her. Uh, Sheila at Amazon is having a bad weekend, y'all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a good step. And um, I'm listen, surprised listen. more people haven't haven't done that. 
to be honest. I'm surprised more people haven't done that, but like, listen, this is the, for the amount of money that Amazon shelled out on this show, you're not going to fuck with it. Rick from Indiana. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I would like to talk about it. Like, both from a perspective of which I think kind of encapsulates one of the feelings I have about the show. Um, and just from a person who knows a little bit more about the lore than maybe a casual viewer, a little bit. I'm not senior correspondent level. I'm not, I'm definitely not Stephen Colbert you're level. You're not Stephen Colbert level. Um, not even close, but I do like, I have read the Cimmerillion um, and I have read the books and all that jazz. So the first thing is there is a article and I actually haven't read the article on the Mary Sue. It's just the headline that grabbed my attention, which is what it feels like watching the rings of power as someone who likes Lord of the Rings, a normal amount <laughs> for anyone who just likes fantasy, generally like the movies had a lot of fun watching. I think the rings of power will be a perfect fit. And later, when we talk about a certain sword-crashing show with dragons in it, I will make some comparisons. <laughs> um, for me, as someone who's, you know, knows a little bit more about the lore of the Lord of the Rings, um, and it, let's be honest, there is there's enough lore to keep you busy for the rest of your life. Um, it's good. I do have some some quibbles. <gasps> We've got quibbles. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I kind of want to see where it goes. I feel like they're not going to have enough episodes <laughs> to like tell the story they want to tell. Um, and there are some depictions I have a little bit of issue with, but the hobbits, or I think they're called half foots. They are like a pre, uh, primordial, like, like hobbits. Um, they're travelers. Um, they are perfect in every sense I can come up with. Um, like the depiction is perfect. I love the dwarves. They were perfect. Uh, I have some problems with the elves. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, what? it's created this wonderful fantasy world and I love being there. And that's really the most important thing. Anybody who's screeching about persons of color needs to go and do what we tell people to do in the second half of the show. Get the fuck out. Just leave. Go find some other racist corner of the internet to just sit like toads and be miserable and gross. Um, otherwise, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the third episode. They're called Harfoots. Harfoots, there we go. Yeah, so I think that's that's half foots basically. Um yeah, because they're half a foot. I think that's what it is. Three feet? I can't remember. Anyways, the point is they're basically hobbits, but they're just hobbits before they had towns. They're travelers. There you go. Caitlin is correct. Get the fuck out. The we show, don't want you here. The show will never have time for fanboy fuckery. Uh, unless it's just to watch people smarter and funnier, uh, dunk on these people, which is pretty uniformly the case most times. Yeah. Uh, side story that I wanted to talk about is an article on PC gamer that was sent to me by, uh, 
currently, I guess, now the chief West Coast correspondent, your man, Kayim Dar, who recently, recently relocated. He sent me this article and said he felt for me. And I said, that's interesting. wonder what that could be. The headline is, I love that horror fishing game is becoming a genre. You know who doesn't love this? <laughs> it's Jordan Ferguson. Let's, let's talk about, I have not watched this video. You are a new fool if you think I'm ever going to watch this video. This, is, uh, this article is written on the back of the uh, announcement trailer for a game called Dredge, uh, which is called a Sinister no. Fishing <laughs> Adventure from Team 17 and Black Salt Games, which casts you as a fisherman marooned on a mysterious island populated with peculiar characters. To earn enough to repair your ship, you'll have to trawl the island's dark waters for fish and whatever odd curios you manage to pull from the waves. That's um, a big nope for me. From me. And I don't even have a phobia of open water. There are mysterious notes and bottles to find drifting the waves that hint at some unsettling events. When the darkness and fog settles over the sea, your panic meter will grow and you'll need to seek out light to stave off the encroaching fear. The fuck we will. (laughs) Uh, To any of that. Big old nope. Big old nope. Friends, this is episode 291. If you're new... You may be unaware that basically from episode five, we have revisited something. The police are coming. They're coming for you. They're for, coming for you. For the creators of this game. The creators of Dredge. You are. I've called the police on you. Yeah, because they're obviously psychopaths. Oh, God. Like, part of me wonders if it's good radio if I just watch this trailer. <laughs> you all. No, it's just going to be intense shrieking. You can all experience my anxiety. Friends, I don't fuck with water, underwater, wide open water, all that mess. This will come back later in updates. Caitlin already knows, I'm sure, but this is going to come back later. I don't... Mm -hmm. Anything that's happening under there, I don't fuck with it. I don't want to know anything about it. Whales are majestic creatures. Dolphins are beautiful. All that stuff. Every, every year... There's some science head, the scientific American be like, oh, we found like 15 more species we didn't know existed and, and down in Mariana's French. Yeah, of course you did. Because it's a, a hell gate to another water, di- water dimension. Fucking aquatic hell mouths down there that like, listen, like <laughs> two thirds of the Earth's surface. You really think. Whatever aqua- aquatic demons you found, you just leave them down you there. You really think you can account for everything that's happening down there? I think the fuck not. So, listen, it's of. I will never forget. I'm sure I've told this story before. I will never forget being so delighted and, and enthralled the first time I played Shadow of the Colossus on the PlayStation 2. That is the game where literally you just ride a horse in silence until you find these giant creatures and have to figure out a way to eliminate them. And I believe it's, it's very the, sad, actually. It is very sad. Um, they're just minding their own business. They're just trying to have a good time. Uh, the one I don't Sometimes care. Sometimes they're just walking. Sometimes they're just walking. Sometimes they're just walking. Sometimes they are sea snakes under a lake. Yeah. And I saw that fucker emerge from the darkness when the cutscene happened and picture my little man on the side of the lake just pinging it with arrows. Nope. Ping, ping. The, voice, the helpful tutorial voice want to come out and be like, swim out into the lake to get the monster's attention. No. How about no? <laughs> Absolutely not. How about we're not going to do that? But it's the only way to beat the game. So picture me on the couch with my legs up on the couch because I don't want anything to grab me. And 
swimming out there and realizing that the game mechanic required me to grab onto this thing as it dove into the murky depth so I could climb up its back and stab it in the back of the skull. Happy fun game for everyone. <laughs> I still smoke then. I'm pretty sure after I finished that, I had about four in my parents' carport <laughs> when that was over. So I guess shouts to game publishers for realizing that uh, this is a this is a genre of anxiety for many people and that it's just ripe for mining For contact terror. trolling, for, for trolling some of that content in the murky waters. Speaking of which, don't maybe skip through some parts of the second episode of The Rings of Power if you do watch it. Oh, God. They're there, too? <laughs> yes. Oh. I I, fe- I had to tell you now because I worried that, like, if I forgot <laughs> to tell you by the end of the episode, <laughs> got, you would have literally so just been... <laughs> If I got surprised for that shit, you would have been like, "No more podcasts, no more friendship." Never talk to me again. If I got surprised by that shit, I the tag would have been me calling you back to scream at you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but but because I'm I'm uh, I'm a man of complexity, I low key love fishing mini games. (laughs) In other games, I love them, but that's different because you can also yeah, yeah. Oh, God. They also talk about uh, Fish Simophis, which comes out later this year. This one looks like it has bad graphics, so I'm going to watch this one, actually. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. That was what that was like a first person thing where the first person was on the uh, the first person was you holding the fishing rod. And then the perspective changed to the lure flinging out oh, no. away from the boat and under the water. Mm-mm. No, thank nope. you, ma'am. This <laughs> no, is enough. Fuck God, this whole please, topic. No, this is enough of that. No. I'm glad this, if this brings you, if this is the type of thing you like to do with your time, listen, I've been playing a lot of video games this week too, and I will talk about that in just a moment, but if this is the thing you enjoy, you just keep it over there and we will uh, shake hands and part ways and never speak of it again because I want no part of this. But hey, thanks for the, thanks for the hot tip, Kai. <laughs> Oh, in the warning, really. <laughs> in the warning. It's just... Yeah. Oh, God. I've been talking about this now for, like, 15 minutes, so my algorithm's gonna be fucked. YouTube, I swear to God. <laughs> like, looking, looking over at the Google Home, like, you better fuck off with this shit. Anyway, Kate. Yeah? Uh, what have you been watching? Well, you know one of the things I've been watching. Well, yes, but I don't know when you might want to talk about that. I'm going to talk about it now. Well, all right. Um, I've been watching McDonald and Dodds. <laughs> and the reason I say, folks, that Jordan knows what I've been watching is because he's seen my Amazon Prime video. <laughs> it's a great thing. It's a great thing about sharing accounts with your friends is sometimes they, uh, your friends see what you've been into. And like, listen, every time I tried yeah. to watch Paper Girls in the last two weeks, <laughs> did you want to keep watching McDonald and Dodds? I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> Caitlin. <laughs> And the answer was yes. Um, Season three, it's actually been one of the best seasons. They've slightly turned down the hokiness, just slightly turned down the hokiness, but it's still fun, British, um, corny. I love corn. uh, Corny television. Um, It's... Yeah, it's just kind of a delight. My only problem is this. It's not really a problem. It's more a thing I have witnessed. And we will we will talk about this also um, when I talk about things I've watched. 
I will go back to Lord of the Rings because I, like I said, I have quibbles. Um, but it, it's intro is way too good for the show. <laughs> like, I don't know if people understand what I mean by that, but like it, it, the intro makes it seem like it is going to be the most epic murder mystery ever. It's a, it's a great intro. Um, it kind of doesn't deserve it. Like, I don't think it's a bad show. I love watching it. It it makes me happy. They're, they are long, long episodes. So I get I get to watch one episode and I can go do something else and not feel like I need to watch the next episode. Um, but it's just the intro is just like so epic. And I'm like, uh, I don't feel like it deserved this intro. Um, something that has a very understated intro that I also watched a whole season of because I love this show is Vera. Season 11 also has extremely long episodes, but not very many of them. I think it was three episodes this, this season. Season 11. Yes, Avira. You know how sad I was when I got to the end of season 10 and now season 11 because I have, I'm going to have to wait like a year. Um, someone should really regulate me. I need, I need, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I should be like a hamster that have one of those timed food deposit things. <laughs> Like, you're only allowed to unlock this episode after you've done the dishes. Like, I just, I feel like someone needs, I don't have any self-control. Especially when it comes to great British murder mysteries. Vera above um, McDonald and Dodds, but both are a lot of fun. They're just very different. Vera is much more, it's much darker. Um, But it's just, she's, the main character's fantastic. The cast is really fantastic. Um and I, you know, I'll never get enough of the brooding moors, I guess. <laughs> who doesn't? Um, who doesn't? Um, and then going back to Lord of the Rings, it's, like I said, lots of fun. Um, but just because we're talking about intros, uh, a terrible intro is not good. <laughs> you have all that money and you didn't put any of it into the intro. You let, like, the art student make the intro. <laughs> Um, yeah, so disappointed in that. And I mean, all of these shows I just spoke about, uh, were st- something from Amazon. Um, and I was talking to Jordan earlier, uh, before we started recording about how I have to, it, I got to really pay attention now because they've upped the, the Brit box subscription <gasps> or they're going to, I'm literally contemplating, should I, should I quit my membership? Caitlin, there's no, there's no fucking timeline where you have access to BritBox and you don't subscribe. Ah, uh, I know, but I just... It was literally made for you in a lab. It's like, let's just mainline all the British detective and folksy countryside <laughs> dramas directly into Caitlin McKinnon's veins. And you're going to be like, and no it, thanks. I'm good. throat show. <laughs> give up antiques roadshow um like you know what folksy british stuff i'm i'm good i think i've watched enough of that in my life get the fuck out of here yeah you're right <laughs> you convinced her to keep it um <laughs> just I, I got rid of acorn that was enough i did i've made enough cuts in my life gonna keep Ripbox. you gotta draw the line me. caitlin you gotta draw the line and say no more I just, I'm just so mad. I'm like, there's no way you need to raise the subscription. I know you're doing it just to squeeze every last dollar out of me, but still not fair. What's, am I ever, ever, ever going to meet McDonald's boyfriend? I need to know. 
Anyways, um, finally, this is actually a life thing, which we didn't, I didn't get a chance to talk about, but I think it's very important. Um, one, I don't, okay, I did, I did a crazy thing. Uh, we had to go and for a kid we know, basically it's like Chris's godson, senior correspondent Chris's godson. We had to go get a lunchbox for the kid. He's starting kindergarten. We're very excited. He's adorable. Um, he was at my wedding. He was, Spider-Man was in jail for most of my wedding. Um, it was very unfortunate. I think Iron Man got him out finally. Was, you know, good stuff. Um, so we went to a Walmart to try and get a Spider-Man lunchbox. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to be easy. They literally have beer, like, like grapes, Disney princess grapes. Now <laughs> I feel like this is happening more and more. And it's like, sort of like there's been this weird um, creep of just slapping a character <laughs> on stuff that like, I'm, I'm, I know there's always been like, pencils and lunch boxes and backpacks and t-shirts and that's just like the common stuff that is marketed to to kids but i'm like fruit <laughs> like <laughs> what monsters ink oranges like i i don't know i just find that very weird and disconcerting but anyways i was like no problem we are going to be able to easily find not just one but probably several spider-man lunch boxes I don't know if it's because kids haven't got needed to go to school for like two years, but there was not a lunchbox or backpack in <laughs> sight. It was like, you know, people from um, Russia talk about like coming to America for the first time. And like, it was really, it's really weird because the grocery stores are like really packed full of stuff. Whereas in Russia or parts of Russia, it's very barren. Um, there's not a lot on the shelves. That's, this is the only time I've like experienced that. Um, besides the flower crisis of 2020, when everyone was like, I'm going to make bread. (laughs) Um, it, it's just this weird, it was this weird, like vacant aisles where there'd be like maybe one girl's lunchbox. And I know it's a girl's lunchbox because it had butterflies on it and was bright pink. Like the zipper was broken. It was like the only thing left behind. Um, It was very strange. And I just want to say to the parents out there, maybe for the first time actually having their kids go to school or maybe you're the first time, like like your kid for the first time is going off to kindergarten or whatever. Like kudos to you. I'm sure this weekend has been crazy, um, but like as a kid who had took their 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 lunch in like a plastic bag every single day, um, I don't understand why we have like a lunch bag shortage. But if you someone knows where you can get a Spiderman lunch ba- lunch bag, basically just like hit me up. Um, I think we've figured out what we're going to do, but I just, it's, this is a very weird world we live in. We have too much TV and not enough lunch bags. That is, <laughs> that is the moral of the story. There's Let, too much to watch. Less TV, more lunch bags. It's the Geek Down, yeah. Geek Down Political Party's, uh, platform. Uh, 20, 2022. Geek Down Party uh, Program for 2022. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, that is just, that was just a side story I needed to share with everyone. Uh, I know you guys like my weird life stuff. Now you've heard some and we're all better for it. Are we? So Jordan, 
Hey, hey. What have you been watching? What have you been doing? What what have I been doing? Um, She-Hulk, I thought, gave its best effort yet. I thought that episode three was the closest version of what the show wants to be that we have seen thus far. And have you started to like it? Um, I didn't dislike it. I thought the first episode was a badly constructed episode of television. And I think that I think it was so badly constructed because it had a lot of fingers in it, a bunch of fingers saying like, "Mm, people aren't going to get this. You need to explain everything and put the Hulk in it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there was definitely, it was the moment in this episode where, you know, another lawyer at the firm meets her and her paralegal at the bar and he slides in and complains about something. And Jen just leans into the shot and is like, bringing the A and the B plot together. Oh yeah. (laughs) Just slides back Snap finger guns at that. Yes, we're about that. Um, if the show can keep being that, um, I'm down for to see where it's going to just be a a fun little trifle because that's all the show ultimately needs to be is a fun. I don't need to. I don't need this to tie into Thunderbolts. You know, like it just it can just be a. I don't need the. I don't need to establish mutants in the Marvel universe. It can just be a fun little trifle. Um, I have not checked to see how mad the fanboys are because this that episode really leans a lot into fanboy fuckery. Um, oh man. Have the you not watched it so yet? Mad. No, no, I just said I, I haven't seen episode three okay. because there's too much to watch and I was busy watching McDonald and Dodd. I gotta choose <laughs> wisely, Jordan. I don't know if you're aware of this, but September's a three pay month. Yeah, it is. Of course I'm aware of it. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, you know what that means. That means when there's a good sale at Major Canadian retailer, sometimes you gotta take a little take a little dip, make the most of it. So as we've established on this show before, apparently I buy manga sometimes. On very specific occasions, that being like when a new Junji Ito collection comes out. So we bought that. We read it this afternoon. It's called The Liminal Zone. It is four stories he did for like a <laughs> the Line app or something. The Line app uh-huh. in Asia has uh, the manga site, I guess. <laughs> he needed four stories for them. Um, they're kind of all over the place. They're like probably some of the newest work he's done. Um, the friends, if you don't know, I don't know how you couldn't at this point, but Junji Ito is like the master of horror in Japanese manga. The one I liked the best was about this couple that goes into the, um, the quote unquote suicide forest at the base of Mount Fuji, which is a forest where, um, historically, truthfully, um, many people have gone to end their lives. Very sad. That was maybe that, that was maybe the one I liked the best. There's also a lot of, you know, story about, a woman who cries so much, like she just can't stop crying and like just soaks the bed with like how much she's crying. Like thing, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's your boy, Junji, you know what you're getting with him. Um, yeah. It's horrifying. And it creeps me out forever. <laughs> and also I picked up, uh, the first two volumes. There's going to be four, I think. And just on a whim, uh, older, I don't know, probably came out in the seventies. I think it's a title called Orochi. And, it is done by a guy named Kazuo Umez, who is most notable for doing a book called The Drifting Classroom, and was kind of Junji Ito's idol. It's the guy who inspired Junji Ito to even get into doing horror manga. And Orochi is basically kind of like, before there was Tomie, there was Orochi. I don't know. Tomie couldn't be killed. I don't know if that's Orochi's jam. But it's basically her traveling around and encountering weird and freaky situations. And... Beautiful hardcover editions from Viz. Um, haven't got a chance to dive into those yet, but I'm greatly looking forward to it. And, you know, 
only four volumes, so I'm going to stick with it. I know I'm out in four. This is why I can't, why I don't generally do manga. The Murasei Yatsura volumes come out, and those Maze and Okoku volumes come out looking real nice, but Rumiko Takahashi is incapable of writing anything that goes less than 47 volumes, so. I was about to say, 186 volumes. No, thanks. What else did we get into? Uh, last week, I mentioned that I started playing the free game uh, from PlayStation, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and had a wee bit of skepticism about the uh, the transition from straight brawling to a Japanese RPG, turn-based RPG system in this game. Kane, this is one of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> Ooh, really? I love this game so much. So if I, only it had a fishing mini game. Uh, listen, yeah, because the games have had fishing mini games before, so I'm not ruling it out yet. Oh my god, amazing! I had said last week that your uh, it seemed like the patriarch was going to go uh, board the SS lift forever. <laughs> He's not. Oh, he, he just did the massive heel turn, and basically, so they take the game takes place in the same universe as all the other Yakuza games, but the hook is. Ichiban was in prison for basically Yakuza 1 through 6. Oh. That's how they... Yakuza games are wild because ostensibly they always take place in the same area. They always take place in Komurocho. So as you play the games, you see Komurocho change. You know, like a, a homeless... That's a, really cool. A homeless encampment in Yakuza 0 or Yakuza 1 by... Yakuza 2, the homeless have all been kicked out because it's, it's been being developed. Right. And you can't go to that area anymore. Or businesses that used to exist are now something different or not where you remember them because they shut down and a new thing opened there. Like When you play a bunch of these games, you notice all these little changes. Um, so this game takes place in Yokohama because basically a bit of it happens in Komurocho and then you get shot by your patriarch because your patriarch has flip sides and left the Tojo clan and, and joined the nefarious Omi Alliance, the, the group you were battling through all the other Yakuza games, um, just handed the Omi Alliance Kamurocho. So you're in Yokohama and you get shot and dumped in basically a homeless encampment and this guy nurses you back to health. His name's Namba. And when you realize as you travel with Namba and you get into an encounter that he's got a hood up over his head and he's holding an umbrella with both hands and you go, Oh my God, he's the mage. And he does an attack where his horrible breath lowers defense and attack on your opponents. Oh my God. (laughs) Or he has a move called power nap that recovers his HP where he literally just drops to the ground (laughs) on some cardboard and sleeps for two seconds. Oh my god. And uh, one of the summons is a chicken. So. Amazing. The game is ridiculous. I'm having a great time with it. There is some repetitiveness on the grinding. Um, Battles play out very similar. They did add a job system on the chapter I just got to where you could change jobs. So uh, Ichiban went from being a hero to being a (laughs) breakdancer. So he fights like a. He fights like Majima from the other games and does like head spins and, and, uh, and whirl. What do they call them? Oh God. Someone keeps going to kill me. Cause I don't know my, I don't know my break terminology. Break dance terminology. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know my break terminology. He does like a windmill. That's what it's called. He does like a, you know, he does windmills and head spins and shit. Um, and he gets a new outfit. He's got like a bucket hat and some baggy, and some baggy clothes, 
the bummer is they only change into those outfits during a battle. Um, so I was a little bummed about that, but as ever, the Yakuza games have the same thread the line very effectively of, of like very moving moments and just complete and utter absurdity. And I've never seen a game thread that line as well as the Yakuza games do. Um, so that was dope. And the only other thing I checked out, um, my Netflix homepage forever wanted me to check this out. I was getting recos from people in my life telling me to check this out and I had a little extra time. So I finally fired it up and that is extraordinary attorney woo on Netflix. I checked out the first episode of this. This is about a lawyer in South Korea who lives with uh, autism spectrum disorder. And obviously when you say that, and you know that the actress portraying the character does not live with ASD, you just crinkle your nose a bit and you're like, Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> and I, no, I just, I think it's, I think it was important before I even fired it up. I did like the Google and be like, you know, what do people from that community think of this show? And the consensus as I found it seemed to be not perfect, but not horrible. You know, it's that thing where like, is a compassionate portrayal that misses the mark in some areas better than no representation at all. I don't know. That's not, that's, that's for that community to answer. That's not for me to answer. Some of the criticisms I read were like, it kind of, she, the main character kind of slides along the spectrum between high functioning and low functioning, depending on what the narrative calls for. You know, she stems, she has problems with volume. If she wears the headphones, she has problems with volume. She, she fixates on things. She repeats, um, echolalia. That's what it's called. Um, where you need to repeat okay. something you hear. Um, but then we'll also, apparently, you know, that's high functioning. And then when something very dramatic is happening or she's getting yelled at, she like covers her ears or maybe hits her head, things like that sort, which is more uh, common on the lower functioning side, according to the articles I read. And how there's no like movement between, there's not a lot of movement between the two, right? But the show is very, very sweet and it's not mean to the character. At all. It seems to care about the character and what it's trying to do, which is present this sort of person to a Korean audience that doesn't see these type of people portrayed right? at all. You know, the only issue uh, the main issue I really have with the show, this is a callback, her fixation, if that's even the word for it, it's probably not, but you know, the thing she focuses on that she loves the most, it has to be, you know, counseled by her father ahead of time to not talk about our whales. Amazing. <laughs> she loves whales. She sees them everywhere. When she has a, a, uh, a breakthrough, when she has an epiphany moment about the case she's working on, this is depicted by a whale, a humpback cresting out of the water to relax herself on a crowded subway. She pictures a, you know, a whale floating, Outside the subway train, which is the fiction picture. It's not. It's not funny, but it it, it is funny. Though. I just I just can't get away from them. There's, and but yeah. again, at the same time, it's like, man, fuck all that. But then when it's like she's trying to argue with her dad about like, but what if it comes up in conversation? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know that it's going to come up in conversation. <laughs> but right. okay, if it does, if it's absolutely necessary to the conversation, then fine, you can talk about whales. And she's delighted. And then when she is, you know 
sitting in her office later with her, you know, what is sure to be her romantic interest in the show. And their chemistry is very apparent. Um, and they are adorable together when he's looking at like an iron that the, uh, the client is alleged to have like hit her husband with. He's looking at it's like, it kind of looks like a sperm whale, doesn't it? And she's like, you can't talk about that at work. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what her dad told her. Basically, an article I read on Polygon, uh, written by a Korean woman with ASD, said, is extraordinary attorney Wu good representation? The answer is complex. Having watched the series and spoken to autistic viewers, autism organizations, and an autistic, an actual autistic attorney, the consensus appears to be yes and no. Which I think that's true of most things. Right. You know? So I had a good time watching it. Your mileage may vary depending on your connection to that community. I'm not saying it wouldn't, but it's pretty cute. It made me laugh a few times, which Korean dramas don't always do. Um, And didn't play into all of the... (laughs) Nobody fell on top of anyone for a kiss yet, you know? like that. I demand that there is a fall kiss... Or some sort of reason they're in a closet together and it gets misconstrued Listen, and they have to get married. He he helps her get through a revolving door in the most adorable way possible. Like, that was the moment where I was like, all right, show. He tells her to, like, count it out like a waltz. I like cute moments. This show, as long as there are cute moments, I'm happy. This show is definitely full of those. Well, I'm putting that on the list as well, I guess. There you go. That's on Netflix. Maybe we'll return Maybe we'll return to it later at some point. I don't know, but that's on Netflix. Something that is on HBO Max is, whoo, pack your bags, y'all. Who's hyped to go back to Westeros? Sometimes you just got to do it for the disco, yo. The disco demands it. <laughs> this, wasn't, this wasn't my idea. I didn't plan this. You think I want this? It just happened. No, we were forced. We were backed into a corner. We were. We were totally backed into a corner on this. And we understand that. Some of y'all, hope you enjoyed the episode. You're probably gone now. But for the rest of y'all, when we come back, oh, we're going to go talk about the Targaryens. It's been, it was, it was a good year, Kate. It was a good year. It was such a good year. House of the Dragons on deck when we come back after this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. We didn't bring each other as, anything. No, as we discussed the first half of the show, this this is not something that we were like, yeah, let's watch that. That seems amazing. I'm so excited. This you, is like you begrudging. Made us do this for the disco. So we're part. We have our finger on the pulse of. Fantasy television. God, I've seen the numbers. I've seen the numbers when we're relevant versus when we're not. So, so here we are. Here we are trying to be the second best Toronto podcast. <laughs> Look to us. Where's my fucking fan expo invite? But until we get there, we should probably talk about some rules. We got rules. The first rule is the rule of three. I'm gonna be very like honest here and say though I did make it through the first three episodes which are the only episodes that have 
aired so far. Um, I almost did not get past the first one. Ooh. We'll talk about that in a moment. Th- think I know why. Second rule, hashtag save it for the pod. Jordan didn't know about that tidbit because nope. we don't talk about the thing we watch until we were sitting in front of these microphones. We want this to be a free and flowing discussion. Just like you're just, you're just hanging with a couple friends. I'm hearing all this for the first time. She's hearing all mine for the first time. None of this, as you can probably tell, is written down or <laughs> thought out. <laughs> very, this is all very little off prep. The cuff. Very little prep. Basically, watching it is the prep, and like figuring out when we're going to meet. <laughs> and sometimes that's even last minute. Um, and then the third rule, which is not a rule, it is just a policy, is that there will be spoilers. So if you're like, ah, I don't want to know anything, I haven't watched it yet, I'm waiting for it all to come out. Um, then you should probably leave. Go get your pumpkin spiced whatnot, um, and maybe try and find a Spider-Man lunchbox. And, uh, yeah, and get the fuck out, but nicely and with love. All right. As said, pod, the podcast ecosystem is just, is just running on Targaryen, hundred percent unleaded Targaryen right now. And we are nothing, <laughs> if not acquiescent to the needs of the podcast ecosystem. So here we are talking about House of the Dragon. If you have lived under every rock and are unfamiliar, House of the Dragon is an American fantasy drama television series, a prequel to Game of Thrones, which ran for from 2011 to 2019. It is the second show in the franchise created by George R. R. Martin and Ryan Condal for HBO. Both series are based on A Song of Ice and Fire novels by Martin uh, Condal and Miguel Sapochnik. Uh, Miguel Sapochnik is, if you follow these things, someone I remember from, he directed most of the decent episodes of Game of Thrones, most of the action-based ones. If you had a big battle, Battle of the Wall, Hard Home, all that stuff, that was Miguel Sapochnik. He directed all those. Um, it is mostly based on a sort of side series of books, a book that Martin wrote called Fire and Blood, which is basically the history of the Targaryen dynasty. And the series takes place about 200 years before the events in Game of Thrones and 172 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. It portrays the beginning of the end of House Targaryen, the events leading up to and covering the Targaryen War of Succession, known as the Dance of Dragons. House of the Dragon received a straight-to-series order in October 2019, with casting beginning in July 2020 and principal photography starting in April 2021. The show stars... Oh, God, it's a Game of Thrones show. Uh, Patty Constantine, <laughs> Matt Smith, Emma Darcy, Reese Fan, Steve Toussaint, Eve Best, Sonoya Mizuno, Fabian Frankel, Millie Alcock, so many people. And as said, your, your bullet point is, this is your Game of Thrones prequel. Just about the Targaryens. Yeah. Uh, some other context in there. Uh, HBO was looking for more Game of Thrones. This, this is their big swing. This is the one they're going with now. It's a weird time at HBO. The merger with Discovery, I don't know all the ins and outs of that dude who's over there now. And it's just like, we are here to make money. Fuck art. You hear all these stories about, this is why Batgirl went into the vault. This is why all this stuff's been vanishing without a word from HBO Max and things of that sort. But Game of Thrones is the one thing that remains relatively untouched. They had done a pilot for a show called The Long Night, which is going to be about uh, the Starks in the North. 
they shot a pilot for it. It was going to star Naomi Watts. Uh, your boy George was not really involved with that one, and that one got put to the side. And now the one that George does have his hands on, along with Miguel Sapochnik, who was involved in the other show, gets the straight-to-series order. This is their big swing, much like Lord of the Rings is Amazon's big swing. So here we are. Here we are. Basically, you're dealing with three Targaryens here. You got to know up front, Targaryens all have blonde hair, and I will not remember any names here. It's going to be Father, Daughter, and Doctor Who. That's what I got. Yes, that's I'm I'm right there with you, 100. <laughs> percent Even in Lord of the Rings, like we were like when we we're talking with the lore, I'm like all these names sound the same. I just need to. I need like. Call someone Greg. Like, I need something without any, like, a like, lot of vowels. The thing with George is he does that, though. Like, the king's wife is named Emma, but it's got, like, an A-E on it or something. George always does that yes. shit. Ned. Ned Stark, but it's Nedard Stark. Come on. So this is basically about, it starts with this moment where, I don't know, another Targaryen had to pick between the old Targaryen puts it to a vote among the houses, right? Yeah, I think it's the his council or Tar- I don't know some sort of Targaryen get together. Um, and the there is a vote put to pick between uh, King Viserys the First, which is a Petty Constantine tar- character, and Princess Rhaenys Targaryen. And basically, as ever. Princess Rhaenys should probably have got the nod, but everybody votes for the dude because yeah. he's a dude. And as we yeah. are, as we learn throughout these episodes of the show, this is probably not his occupation. He's cool, but he gets yeah. whipped by his council. Nobody thinks he's really decisive or can make any decisions. His brother, Doctor Who, is, uh, you know, just dunking all over him to the point where he's got to get excommunicated. And it's, it's Matt Smith. It's Matt Smith. <laughs> just if you're like, which doctor? It's Matt Smith. It's Matt Smith. Who's sidebar? I did not expect Matt Smith to have as wild a career this dude has had after being like the cute Doctor Who. Like <laughs> he was a cute whimsical one and now he's played like Prince Philip and now Damon yeah. Targaryen. Like this is a guy this guy's had a career. I fucks with it though. I, I like the decision yeah. he's made. And he is the best part of this show. I mean there's no there's no clear Jamie <laughs> Lannister here yet, but to my mind he's he's one of the best. I can't take my eyes off him. Renera is a close second. Um, yes. and the two of them together is like pop pop. Um, but anyway, all this is to say, as is often the case, King Viserys has not had a male heir yet. His wife has had a number of miscarriages to have a male heir. And this is blanket. All of this, we're getting into plot nitty gritty, but blanket all of this as saying the two main things to know here that I'm taking from this show is number one, really leaning hard into what people said they liked about Game of Thrones initially, which was court intrigue and people in rooms talking and stuff like that. And dragons. Yeah. Yeah. And fighting and the fights. They held them dragons back in the OG series for a while. Like they didn't even hatch until the end of the first season. I mean, that, that was in line with the books. Yes. But also, uh, fiscally responsible. <laughs> Uh, yes, fiscally responsible decision. You, you didn't have to animate dragons till uh, you know, and then you you kept them at bay. They are like balls to the wall dragons in this show. In like the first scene, her like riding around, like yeah. I okay. Let's get into some nitty gritty. 
let's get into the fact that I literally out of, I don't know what the first episode was, an hour in something. I literally watched like 15 minutes of it. Big, big, because big, big time second screen experience for you. <laughs> I know I had to fast forward through so much of it. Mm. I didn't need to see a man get castrated. I didn't need to get people seen like beaten bloody. That's not how, how like medieval duels and jousting worked. Caitlin, like you had to know what? he was bad. That's how you learn he's bad. Because, no, you find out he's bad when he's mean to ho- a horse. That's <laughs> how you find out someone is evil. Um, no, they could have got all of that across without the level of brutality for no reason. I don't understand who thought that was a good idea. Like, I, I like gore. I've watched The Boys, and I was disgusted. Like, Caitlin, ew, Caitlin, like, not fun. Here is the thing about not fun and disgusting. I think... With everything that happened at the end of the OG Game of Thrones, where we were just crossing the narrow sea three times an episode, people could teleport apparently, like, it was just, the the pace was just ridiculous. We forgot how gnarly that show was. There were no, the original Game of Thrones was never this bad, ever. I watched the first four seasons. Never this bad. I feel like it got pretty gnarly, but I don't know if anything got as gnarly as Westeros's first cesarean section. Oh my god! What the I, fuck? What? It was so disrespectful and disgusting. Like I actually was horrified. I was like, "This is not fun, good television. This is horrible." And this ultimately gets me to the point frankly was i i fired it up because john oliver was off basically right <laughs> i fired up crave i was like i watched john oliver so i'm already in crave and obviously it's splashed all over my home screen and john oliver didn't have a show that week and i was like well fuck it guess i'll watch this and like pretty much instantly i was kind of like i don't know if i have any interest in being back here right uh, King's Landing, Maesters, all that business. I might be good. And every once in a while, there would be a flicker of something where I'm like, well, that's interesting. Maybe that could be fun. Mostly involving Renera, who is, yes. you know, long, long story short, after the gnarliest uh, scene of childbirth you will ever see, both the queen and uh, the child die during childbirth. And no, sorry. Sorry, the child be, dies a little later, but not to quibble. He he lives for one day. Right. The the air, what do they call him the prince for a day. The prince for a day. That's what the he gets. The air for a day. The air for a day. That's why. That's why Doctor Who gets excommunicated because he's overheard saying that uh, in a brothel somewhere, toasting to that. Um, and Viserys names Rhaenyra as. His heir. He's like, this all happened because I couldn't see what was in front of me. Blah, blah, blah. You're the heir. That's it. Bam. Nobody likes this. Obviously. No, they do not. And all the politicking then starts happening to try and get him married off to anyone else. Thankfully, not a 12-year-old. Oh, my God. I was like, I mean, I really thought, I really wish they had, he had just laughed at it and not ever considered it. Just, like, fully laughed at it because he's like... 
she, he's like, she's 12. Um, she will meanwhile, mature, my lord. What the fuck? Ugh. Meanwhile, when they were like, you know, your two-year-old son and your daughter should be betrothed, he, he like fully laughed at that. He's like, he's two. I'm like, the age difference is actually not as bad than you and that 12-year-old. So. Yeah, right. it's, it's a narrower gap. Or the Ugh. 15-year-old you did end up marrying. Yeah, right. So... <sighs> yeah. Yes, got, got to get got to get the king married off. Got to get got to get a male heir popped out there, and one does, and he is to his credit, even though he's very clumsy about it uh, throughout the ep- the three episodes, holds firm to his belief that Renero should be the heir, and does not mean to has no intention of supplanting her, despite what literally everyone else around him is telling him to do, uh, and wants, and wants. You know, they're always in his ear when he's getting his hand dipped in maggots or that sort of thing. Like, really, like, the whole thing was just fucking horrifying. The whole episode. I think this is, and but this is the shit that, like, people celebrated the original show for, that it didn't romanticize fantasy or didn't, you know, it showed. Oh, yeah. Real realistic. You had a wall full of men and not one scene of gay sex. And yet I need to see all the titties in the world. Hey, two, not one two, penis. Two, two, Literally not one penis. Was there? There was a penis in the later episodes. Was there? I'm pretty was sure. There? I'm pretty sure Jamie. Oh got no, no, his, Jamie got his dog about, out during the. I'm talking about this. Oh, this show. Um, I have seen all the titties. I have not seen a single penis in the first and episode. I saw there one were one Matt Smith were, butt. There were a lot of titties but, in the first episode. Uh, no titties in episode and two. The second or three. episode. When? When yeah. were there titties in the second episode? Second episode, Kipley, when he's at the orgy, there's like sex going on all around him. Was that the second episode or the first? Second episode. Yeah. Clearly, I too was having a two-screen experience during this program because they're always an hour plus long because they think that's what we want. Yeah, I just don't know that I'm interested. And the problem is there will be something to like kind of make me be like, oh, that's interesting. But then it never lasts. I, the, the scene princess? the scene on the bridge, when she shows the scene on the yes. bridge where they're on the stalemate, because Doctor Who has been excommunicated, and he's just like, well, fuck it, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Dragonstone, this other, is that the Targaryen It was homestead. like, when they left, when they left Valyria, the first place they ended up is Dragonstone. Dragon. So he's going to... It was like their official house, right. house castle or whatever you want to so call he's, it. So he's taken that. He stole a dragon's egg, blah, 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 uh, which is apparently supposed to sit by um, the infants of... The Targaryen infants are supposed to have a dragon's egg next to them. So he steals one of those because he's, he's he's already married to his like political wife, but he wants to you know get his second wife for love type of thing. So they, ha- they have to go... They have to go stop. They have to go spank um, Damon, uh, the doc- the Matt Smith character. So yes, Reese Ephens, who is the hand of the king, goes and gathers a bunch of people, and it's basically a stalemate because he's just like, "Man, do something." Uh, I have a dragon. What do you got? And Renera kind of goes out of pocket and just leaves and solves the problem because she's pissed that you th- you think there's something going on with those two, but she low key and there maybe there still is, but she kind of washes her hands of that when he steals the egg that was like her brother's uh who passed so she shows up on her dragon and basically like solves the whole situation without anybody dying type of thing that whole scene i'm like yes okay this is good 
and that shit don't ever really last. As yeah. the, as I think, well, go ahead. I I I the princess, her best friend who marries her dad, um, Matt Smith, uh, mostly, and like a couple of the other characters. Like I'm like I'm that would be cool. I'd like this intrigue. And then they're like, here, watch this person get eaten by crabs. Uh, or not? Okay. Like I cannot <laughs> get away. Let's talk. I I just could not get away from the like brutality. And also, again, an entire like brothel full of people. And again, not one penis or some dudes having sex in the corner. Like this is ridiculous. This is not realistic fantasy. This is like four white dudes in a room, white straight dudes in a room being like, I know more tits. Um, let's see someone get like his entrails out. Actually, that was kind of cool. But I like, I'm okay with gore, but this was beyond. This was just like, let's like, I know, let's shock people so much that they're like, this is amazing. No, it wasn't amazing. It was horrible. And I just want to see people plot and dragons and cool sore fights. This is all I want. Why did I spend so much time with the crab feeder? I don't know. If you weren't even going to see him get murdered? Fight? <laughs> yeah. The whole crux, the whole, the whole simmering issue of these three episodes, the whole thing that's firing everything off and making everybody pissed off with the king and whatever, is something is happening at the Stepstones. This is a shipping lane and basically some dude's attacking ships. And they call him the crab feeder because he basically nails people to posts by the head and then lets crabs eat their bodies, which seems very time inefficient to me. But I'm not a, I'm not a torturous pirate killer, so what do I know? Um, when you first see him, you're like, oh, he's the big bad for the season type of thing. And then the next episode, they do some little surrender ruse plot, whatever, and he ducks into his caves and Matt Smith chases after him. And you're like, all right, here we go. And then he just walks out with half of his body. And this is rip rip the the crab feeder. What kind of like fucking storytelling is that? The scene, the scene coming up, the scenes coming up to this were like awesome, cool fights. And Matt Smith's just like chopping people. And he's all like, rah. And he gets like shot with arrows a couple times. You're like, that's cool. And then we don't get to see this epic fight. We just have him like, pulling this body behind like half of a body behind him i was like ugh, this is you were gonna save money here like really like choose something maybe we didn't have to have the cesarean scenes uh, <laughs> you shave plural. a little you shave a little money off the cesarean and you know move it yes. to like the climactic battle between the antagonist for the first three episodes Here, but here's here's another thing you could have saved money on that Oh, like that god awful intro. What is that? I've never been more weirdly furious at them just taking the Game of Thrones theme and slapping it on this show. On 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 not just on this show, but on a terrible intro. It's awful. The blood doesn't look like real blood. It's like it looks like juice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can't tell what's going on. Like what? What are? The, what's the flowing juice blood make it? Like I just, I'm, I'm, I'm angry. My at the thing. Intro. My thing was like the first episode doesn't have an intro, and at one point you hear 
something with the motif of the original Game of Thrones theme, but is not the original Game of Thrones theme. It's just a phrase in the song, in the score. Um, and the score moves other places. But this sort of, like, weird attempted Pavlovian thing of, like, remember how much you love that song? Remember how much you love seeing it in memes and watching people cover it and whatever? Here's that song again. It's just on this. That thing you liked? This is more of it. Like this, too. The thing that they, I feel like they really should have done is if they're, if they really, again, were strapped for cash, A, don't make, again, your intern make the intro or the art student you got. Um, B, make the song sound a little more like classic, classic, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you can keep the melody, but like you literally just control C, control V, the... The, 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 way, the wave file, like, yeah, or change it up a little bit to be like, you know, this is where it started, and this is like the evolution of the, you know, how songs <laughs> evolve and poems evolve. I've put more thought into this how, than how it started, you guys how it's did. Going. Um, yeah, so that was all very frustrating. Um, it did get better. I mean, I, I watched basically all of the first two, or this, this, the second and third episode. Mm. Um. But I was just so angry at that first episode and like me not wanting to see this, that like certain levels of brutality. Um, the only thing I like, one of the only things in its favor is the introduction of persons of color or more persons of color. Like, wow. <laughs> Great. Rich, good job. I'm not giving you a gold star, guys. Rich, we should have done this long before. Rich black people in Westeros. Wow crazy the one um, the one thing the one thing i do want to point out about this show um that i think is a huge detriment to the show is there is no Tyrion. there is no there's no laughs to be found in this show yeah there's a matt smith maybe gets a couple in but he's too much of a dick to to really be that character. There's no, there's no Jon Snow. There's no, Renera is kind of supposed to be that, but there's no, like Tyrion was legit funny and like nobody, nobody's playing that role in this show. And I think the show really suffers really needs for that. it. Yeah. Um, I, okay. Second episode of Lord of the Rings got a laugh out of me. <laughs> like, like and and and, and it, I have complicated feelings about that show, and okay. it still like had fun scenes. Okay, get get to the get to the headline then. If I only have time for one high fantasy show this autumn, what are you saying? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Zero hesitation. Wow. Lord of the Rings, hands down. Lord of the Rings. All right. Well, there you go, friends. For me. Currently, as it stands, three episodes in, House of the Dragon is like a six. It's like a five. There are there are things that make you go, oh, nicely done. But they are so outnumbered. Few and far between. So outnumbered by the things that are like, ugh. Um, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. You, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to reco. Even if the disco demands it of us, it is very hard to reco, and I would counsel that maybe the disco takes a long, hard look in the mirror about what we are devoting our time to. A hundred percent. Be that as it may, friends, if you've got thoughts, and I'm sure you do, let us know. Twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Get up off Twitter. Let us know 
which of the uh, high fantasy offerings you're giving your time to this fall. And I believe that concludes in September, August Watch Rama 2022. <gasps> Look at us. Which means we will be moving on to cinematic September. We will. But not next week. Caitlin has a wedding yeah. to go to on I the West do. Coast. I do. And it's a Star Trek themed wedding. Oh my God. Maybe maybe so we'll excited. get maybe we'll get a call in. A brief call in oh, report 100%. for that. So um, You will get a call in. There will be pictures. Uncertain if you will get anything on your feed next week while Caitlin is traveling. Even if you don't, we will be back. Before you know it, to kick off Cinematic September. Ooh, I've already got some, I've already got some gems lined up for you, y'all. Usually I'm not the movie guy, but I, a couple popped into my head that I can't wait to find out. I hope she hasn't seen them. hope she hasn't seen them. Ooh. i got to find out off mic. Ooh. I hope she hasn't seen them. Either way, friends, thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you'll join us, not next week, the week after, for another fantastic episode of Geek Down Podcast. Um, still on TikTok, y'all. <laughs> I remember it exists like twice a week. I'm like, oh yeah, I have that. What's going on in there? Eh, nothing I want a part of. No. The, the perfume promotional we're cycle. We're too old. The perfume promotional cycle is pretty much over at this point. So they're on tour. They're not, they're not posting anything.